You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Thanks for joining us for today's Your Best Life podcast. Preventative screenings like colonoscopies can help prevent deaths and improve treatment for colorectal cancer. As a program director for the nonprofit Above and Beyond Cancer, Mary Van Heukelum supports cancer survivors after their diagnosis. Mary says she's enjoyed good health, but she encourages and gets preventative health screenings. Recently, Mary became a cancer survivor, and she's sharing her story today. Yeah, well, I um, in July of 2021, I had my 50th birthday, so it had already kind of been on my radar that it was, you know, sometime soon to, to have a colonoscopy. Um, and it was just a little bit after my 50th birthday, um, a few months after that, that I noticed uh, some blood in my stools and immediately called my primary doctor who put in a referral for me to have my colonoscopy. Um, of course, I was still very shocked when I, uh, the colonoscopy was, um, showed results of having a tumor or a mass in my colon. I was not expecting that, um, but was very thankful that, um, you know, I received the colonoscopy and, um, you know, and then the dominoes just fall after that, the way they need to go for what procedures come next. So I was, yeah, I was surprised, but also very thankful that um, it was all happened the way it did. Hearing, uh, I mean, you shared and worked with people who have had cancer. Um, now um, it's, it's you. Um, did that uh, uh, change anything? Were you able to rely on your perspective of the strength and embracing uh, all of the things that you've helped so many people with? Well, you know, every survivor I have met have all been very inspiring in a lot of different ways and very humbling. And every survivor's journey is very unique. It's, it's very much of a fingerprint we only know what we know and we as an organization and I included have always felt a lot of compassion um, for cancer survivors and their stories and also a lot of inspiration for the resiliency and the persistence and the patience and the grieving, all of it that comes with any time that we have a change in our health or a change in life. So that being said, of course, my level of understanding or compassion deepens when you have a little dose somewhat of what somebody else has gone through. Um, Now, my cancer experience, I was very lucky that um, at this point, surgery is what has cured my cancer and um, has not required me to go through any treatment. But for that period of time, you know, when you hear the words and you're waiting for results and you're waiting for your plan, it gave me another glimpse of uh, this anxiety that can happen when you hear those words and the fears that can be wrapped around it. So most definitely, I feel, you know, a little bit closer um, 
to the cause and a little closer to each person I meet who have been touched by cancer. Um, and again, I will never consider myself to walk in anybody's shoes because they're all, they're all different, but it definitely has elevated my um, understanding and compassion. Um, and of course, you know, what, what does recovery mean? We all know scientifically what the textbooks can tell us. And, you know, and so now of course I have a little bit more personal, um, street cred, so to speak on, you know, what it means to recover from a major surgery. You, uh, obviously were very attuned, uh, in your life to where you were at, not, uh, just chronologically, uh, with, uh, uh, hitting your 50th birthday. But uh, that uh, is a milestone that uh, when it's suggested that uh, individuals uh, receive a colonoscopy because colon cancer is preventable uh, if caught early or it's easier to treat. And recently uh, they have lowered the uh, beginning of screening down to 45 years of age because they're finding more people uh, who uh, are developing colon cancer sooner. How important is it that uh, people are attuned to their body and get those screenings because they're helpful and they can save a life? 100%. I mean, I, I would probably guess if I would have had a screening at age 45, it would have been a difference on uh, how much sooner that this would have been discovered and my mass would probably not have been as, as large or intrusive. And um, so, yeah, I'm very thankful that the screening recommendations have been lowered to 45. I think this will be very life saving and changing for people. I'm very thankful that mine occurred still when it did, because, you know, that little bugger could have grown more and spread in other places. So Obviously, the earliest we can detect something and have our screening, it is so important um, to preserve quality of life as well. So I think about not just life saving, but preserving quality of life. So the fact that I was, you know, hopefully not needing any chemotherapy or radiation and having side effects related to that or um, something that was so invasive that it affected more longer term, my bowel health, um, you know, those are all um, important quality of life indicators. So um, yes, 100%. If there's anything I would definitely want people to know, it is screening is so important. It's not anything to delay. And yes, being aware of our body, sometimes we can normalize symptoms, or we want to prevent hearing news that we don't want to hear. And in a reality, the best thing for us is when we're hearing or seeing a sign, we know that's not normal to act on it right away. Worst case scenario is we had a doctor's appointment and it was nothing, you know, and that is a silly worst case scenario, right? I don't mean worst case scenario. I mean, like, you know, you're just lost your time then that's it. So why not, you know, get something checked out, listen to your intuition and go get, go get your screenings. Colonoscopies have been around for uh, a number of years and cancer screenings have been around for a number of years. It's uh, not something that uh, you'd uh, 
run out to do. And then the stories with the preps and all of those things that are required. Uh, and sometimes that uh, brings up um, maybe either concern or fear or things like that, that people avoid screenings that can help them. Um, do you think that might be the case in, uh, uh, in the case of a colonoscopy where they need to get past that? And uh, how, how does one do that? Yeah, I, I mean, I do agree. I think there, you know, there are a lot of tales on, you know, how unpleasant the prep is. I, I would personally say I'm not a fan. It's not like super enjoyable. Um, you know, some screenings are more time consuming than others. I think that's another deterrent. People know that, or sometimes when you schedule your colonoscopy, you know, um, it, it affects a chunk of the day. So people have to really be planning for that in their schedule and how to overcome that. I think it's, it's like anything it's re it's reminding yourself the priority of your self-care of your health and well-being. Um, it's easy to delay things and say, this isn't important or I'll do it tomorrow, but what's going to be more time consuming is to have a cancer diagnosis or even more time consuming is to have a late stage cancer diagnosis and not just time consuming, but again, life changing and quality of life altering. So really the benefit of carving that time out of your year. And when you think of it in that way, it's a few hours out of your whole year to get a screening. It's so much more worth it than to delay and think you don't have time for it. And then the next thing that happens is you have something that is going to invest much more of your time and much more of your financial resources and change your life in, in ways that were, could have been not necessary. So I just think as, as a society, it's prioritizing our schedule. It's again, yes, it might not be the most fun prep, but again, it's nothing compared to go through in chemo and radiation and the pain of recovering from surgery. So let's get over that. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and the challenge, uh, an added challenge and hurdle that wasn't there uh, was uh, COVID and uh, the impact it had uh, within the, uh, the healthcare system. And uh, some uh, procedures and things uh, had to either be delayed or in the cases of some patients, um, uh, they uh, just put it off. So if uh, you were thinking about a colonoscopy uh, to protect yourself against colon cancer, um, now that uh, things appear to be changing uh, for the positive as far as uh, uh, COVID goes. Um, do you see a importance to act on what you would have done maybe two years ago where you might not have had that opportunity uh, because of uh, the virus? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, there was obviously some crazy circumstances that created some delays. And now that we have an opportunity to, to transition out of those delays, it makes it even more important uh, to, get, to get it scheduled. And of course, knowing it's going to continue to have a tax on our, our medical professionals, because there's only so many colonoscopies we can do in a period of time, but that's why it's important to pick up that phone 
get an appointment in the books um, and get that scheduled 100%. Within uh, the colon cancer area, uh, one thing that I uh, have uh, uh, found informationally is that uh, colon cancer sometimes will affect different ethnicities differently. Uh, and uh, more individuals of uh, uh, certain uh, ethnic groups uh, can be impacted by colon cancer. Do you think uh, that that uh, is an issue that uh, there needs to be more outreach, both to educate as well as to encourage uh, getting that screening when it's known that uh, certain groups may be more prone to things like colon cancer? Uh, 100%. I mean, unfortunately, statistically, zip code is the number one indicator in longevity. And so our access to healthcare, our access to clean eating, our access to, um, you know, our employers giving paid time off to go get a colonoscopy. Um, do people have the healthcare or the childcare they need to go be able to get a screening. There are so many factors that go into um, preventative health. Um, and we do need to reduce this health equity in the United States. It is a very crucial issue. Um, your zip code should not be an indicator. So how we make it, you know, it accessible and affordable you know, with any healthcare reform uh, to ensuring that they're paying for screenings, um, not just routine, but also diagnostic screenings, you know, health insurance would guarantee that and allowing people, you know, what do we need to do to help people get to the facilities and, and you know, not just even beyond education, but the logistics of it, the ability to take off work, to go to do it, you know, what are the variety of obstacles that could be affecting populations to get their screening and their health care? And uh, for um, the person who uh, has uh, a family member who maybe isn't acting on it, uh, what type of discussion do they need to have with their, their family member? Yeah, I, I mean, that's hard because every family dynamic is different. You know, if it was me personally, I'm a big fan of communication. I think I would probably, for lack of better words, pester that family member um, until that appointment was made. And maybe depending on who it was, I may just make the appointment for them um, and make sure, you know, just removing as many obstacles as possible to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as loved ones, we all hopefully can encourage one another to, to being taken care of one another's health and, and creating that culture and that environment um, where self-care and preventative care is a priority. Have you had individuals who uh, you have uh, been able to or have wanted to share information with? Um, have you received the type of support like that you've given uh, to others? And maybe some of the people that you've helped, have they started to minister to you? 100%. I had amazing outreach support from not just family and friends, but many of my above cancer family, the all 
you know, survivors that I've gotten to know through programming, there was an incredible amount of support and outreach and um, food that was dropped off and gift certificates to get food or, you know, texts and flowers. So yeah, 100%. And I feel, um, I felt the warmth, I felt the understanding, I felt the compassion, I felt, you know, a deepened kinship, you know, there was humor, there was compassion, it was, it was all there. And so, yeah, it was really heartfelt. It was probably, you know, you, nobody ever wishes to have cancer. No one ever wishes to have adversities. But the one thing that we kind of know with psychology is adversity can bring people closer together. And when, again, this is what I've seen with working with cancer survivors prior to my own diagnosis, that there is a very special connection that people have when they walk a similar journey. Um, and I, you know, that is the same with other groups of people, you know, people who may all lost a child or a spouse or people who've been through other adversities, you just create a different special bond of understanding. So I definitely have been received with, um, humor and open arms and all those ways that we deal with adversity. And, and that was wonderful. And then to wrap things up, if you had to once again, tell someone how important it is uh, to get that screening from a time perspective, from a quality of life perspective, uh, because sometimes people need to be told more than once. What would you say to the person who's going, ah, I'm not going to get one of those because I don't think I need it or I just don't want to do it? Well, I mean, I personally would say, you know, I have been the type of human that I've never had ailments. I never had literally a sick day my entire professional career, except for when I took maternity leave with my two children. I would have considered myself top bill of health, someone that's never been on prescription medicine um, and honestly was still surprised. But important again, I mean, if, if you want, if anyone wants their quality of life and their longevity of life, the best thing that they can do is to prioritize their health screenings. Thanks, Mary, for sharing your cancer journey. If you'd like to send us some feedback on today's program, you can email us at podcast at mercyhealth.com or visit us online at mercyone.org forward slash podcast, where you can find all of our other episodes. Find this episode and others on your favorite podcast app, or just search for Mercy One. Until next time, live your best life.